This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us over on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian and then uh, Brad Jardis joining us as he does on some Mondays. Every uh, other Monday. Every other Monday. And a special guest co-host, Ademo is here, Ademo Freeman from uh, copblock.org. Yeah, thanks for having me good on, guys. Good evening, sir. It. It's always good to have you both uh, in the studio, but it's rare to have both of you in the same studio. And so we did this specifically tonight because, uh, well, you challenged Brad uh, Ademo to a debate. Yeah, there's uh, some interesting news here in New Hampshire, and I thought uh, Brad and I both are contributors to copblock.org, and Brad, which I'm sure you'll get into later, as most people know, is a former uh, law enforcement officer, so it's an interesting topic, uh, me being a victim of the war on drugs and uh, Brad's background. It's kind of two separate views. And with an incident that overlaps those, uh, should be a good good conversation. We're going to get into that here shortly. And our number, of course, is 855-450-FREE. Should you like to uh, add your thoughts to any of these conversations or bring up whatever's on your mind, that is the point of Free Talk Live. And you can actually control the content on the website as well. Just go to freetalklive.com. You can submit different uh, items to the site. And, and then others vote as whether or not they like or dislike them. So you could kind of see what our listeners think is interesting out there on the web uh, over at freetalklive.com. We're going to start out with a special guest on our lines here. Uh, it's Jordan Page. Now, we've had Jordan on the line before to talk about his musical career and uh, kind of becoming a success, uh, like a commercial success within the kind of the paradigm of having a liberty-oriented perspective. And you can get that conversation on our guest page over at guests.freetalklive.com. So, uh, so what, what are you calling about tonight, Jordan? Do we have Jordan, actually? Oh, thanks for having me on. Sorry, yeah, I had you muted. Go ahead, sir. I'm just, uh, just, you know, thanks so much for, for having me on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, running around like crazy. I got a lot of stuff going on. We just had a baby last week. <laughs> so, That's uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> thanks very much. Um, so I just want to let, you know, just talk to you guys briefly about some things that are happening, um, with, uh, with, with, with Ron Paul. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be in Philly this, this weekend on Sunday, April 22nd, uh, there's going to, there's a big event happening called, uh, Philly Freedom, uh, Freedom spelled with a P-H, and uh, they're, you know, they're expecting quite a few people. Uh, I've heard, now, I've heard about this event. Uh, I understand the Free State Project is going to have a table there. I believe that uh, Free Keen and Cop Block and the Shire Society are also going to have some items for distribution at this uh, particular event. But I've heard wildly different estimates as to how many people are going to be attending it. I've heard 20,000 and I've heard 2,000. Either way, it's going to be a big event. But uh, one number is a whole lot bigger than the other. What are you, what are you predicting? I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm thinking somewhere in the 10,000-plus range. Okay. Just because of how centrally located Philly is to right. so many population centers. And, I mean, and you what, got, what's it, the it, purpose for the event again? It's it's just to rally the troops, basically. You know, I mean, Ron Paul's committed to coming to speak. The campaign's behind it. Um, they're putting they're putting some money into it and into the production and getting the word out. And, real, I mean, it's really just like a great central location for the general Ron Paul Patriot community to get together. And, so you're uh, so you're going to be playing at, at this particular event, and so there's there's more than just a speech from Ron Paul. You're saying that this is exactly like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be performing uh, to open things up. My friend uh, Tatiana Morose is going to play a couple of songs, and then she's going to uh, be singing some stuff with me. We're doing a sort of a, a Dylan Baez sort of show for a little while, and uh, I'm going to be um, I, I've written a song for for Ron for his campaign called Light of Revolution. 
and I'm going to be performing that right before he goes on. But one, one thing that's really interesting about this event is Michael Scheuer, who's the former head of the bin Laden unit and the CIA, is speaking uh, in, b- before Ron as well on his behalf and uh, just talking about how Ron's got it you know, right on when it comes to foreign policy, which I think is going to be really great. Um, I, I, think, I think I heard that Larkin Rose is going to come speak too, which uh, would be pretty, pretty yeah, awesome as well. Deal. Yeah, I like so Larkin I, Rose a lot. I like a lot of what he has to say. Really principled me, guy. Me too. I met him several times when I've been at Porkfest, and uh, he's he's got quite a story, you know. So I'm really excited to hear him speak again. He's an excellent I hope, writer. I hope that rumor's true. I've heard it from credible sources. What, now, is there like a website for this event, or is it just yet, yet another in one of many Ron Paul appearances? No, it's uh, it's, a, it's a website. It's uh, freedom with a ph twenty twelve dot com, and uh, my good friends uh, Mike Salvi and Rob Pepe. Uh, and Jim Babb from Truth, uh, Freedom, Prosperity in, uh, in the Philadelphia area are. They're also the end the Fed guys. I mean, they're they're, they're they're the guys that just kind of organize everything in that part of the world. Every end the Fed rally that I've done has been like really huge. It's been the, the, the like the Philly rallies are always awesome. And this this year we were doing the same thing. I was going to do the, the, the end the Fed parade float and you know rock out screaming end the Fed on the from the float with my guitar you know down Market Street. But this year we've postponed that because of the scope and the size of what this has become since Ron Paul got, got on board. Uh, so we've actually suspended the whole the whole parade aspect that we usually do, um, and and we're just focusing it all on on the site, which is so. Is this a, is this a yearly event that uh, that goes on in, in Philly, or is this brand new first time they, it's ever happened? They do well. This Philly Freedom thing is a new concept, but it, but it, it it I think it takes it kind of takes the place of, of and the Fed. It's all it's all sort of the same thing. You know, they, they do end the Fed twice a year. They do the end the Fed rally on November 22nd, obviously, but they also do something called Fed stock. And, and this was really supposed to be what Fed stock was. This would be the third year, but they, they sort of shifted focus a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, and just, you know, they're, they're calling it Philly Freedom. It's all the cool. same thing, but it's just a really what big it, what deal. Is it like a, a cover charge to get in, or is it anybody? There's, no, no, it's, out, it's outside. It's, it's open to the public, and uh, it's, it's just in a big, wide-open space, and there are um, there are like sponsorships available. I'm pretty sure, and and there's you know ta- like like tabling is available to, to yep. help support the event and the cost of the event. But but overall, it's uh, it's free to the public and anyone can come. And I, I think there's just going to be a ton of people there. So great. Well, that's cool. So it's coming up on April 22nd. Is that right? April 22nd, and this Thursday, I'm doing an online uh, money bomb uh, called the Song Heard Round the World because it's actually this Thursday is the anniversary of the shot heard round the world. And so I'm calling it Song Heard Around the World and trying to get this song for Ron Paul, Light of Revolution, to be kind of spread spread around and uh, trying to raise money for the campaign and all that. So it's an online event. You know, we, I invited like 4,000 people, and all, so far about 12,000 have been invited. People are spreading it around, which is really cool. So P-H-R-E-E-D-O-M, freedom2012.com is a website for folks to learn more. If you're in the, I guess, the northeast this might be worth coming out for. You get to see uh, Ron Paul speak, get to see Jordan Page play, be together with thousands of other like-minded people, presumably, or somewhat like-minded. If you <laughs> haven't, it's a pretty large uh, spectrum under uh, Ron Paul. If you haven't but, seen Jordan Page play, it is uh, a truly awesome experience. I did. I got to see him play a little bit at uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival last yeah. year. Oh, nice. Are you nice. coming back out to that this year, uh, Jordan Page? Yes. Well, it, you know, rumor has it that a good friend of mine, two good friends of mine are getting married, and I, 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 there, there's a rumor I may perform at the reception. I don't, cool. I don't know. 
at the Porcupine <laughs> Freedom Festival. Very cool, man. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the update. I hope that uh, the Philly thing goes off really well because, like I said, I know that uh, we're going to have some information there for folks to pick up. And well, you, spread... are, you guys in New, are you guys in New Hampshire? You bet. Of course. I mean, come on. Well, Why aren't in, you in New in, Hampshire? On uh, November, uh, April 28th, the uh, New England Liberty Love Fest is going on in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is not too That's far. That's right. So you guys should come. We're actually going to have some stuff there, too, as a matter of fact. Awesome. So I know that... We will all be headlining at that, so that's going to be a great time, too. Let's I don't think I'm going to be there. able to make it out to it myself, but I know Pete Ayer is going to be there from Coplock.org and Free Keen, so uh, oh, we're, definitely gonna be, we're definitely going to be representing uh, the Shire the... Society, Coplock, FreeKeen.com, all Hey, of it. thanks, Jordan, for the call tonight, man. Uh, hey, thank you guys very much. The... Have a good night. See yeah, yeah, appreciate the update on what's going on with the, uh, the Ron Paul campaign and, and you as well. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I figure, you know... If somebody's already going down to one of these things and they don't mind taking some flyers down, then that's cool. I'm, I'm happy to pay for a little bit of table space or whatever because I figure, yeah, let's get the word out about Free Keen. Let's get the word out about Coplock and Shire Society. Obviously, we're pretty, you know, we're pretty effectively, I think, penetrated into the activist world. But then again, maybe not so much as we think. Well, it can't hurt. I mean, Ron Paul's doing an outstanding job as far as spreading ideas, getting people thinking. I mean, you see, and he's these... going to bring a bunch of new people in too that exactly. don't know about us. And so it's always good to have some stuff out there. I mean, it's pro liberty. It's com- it's complete. You know, the literature that that we're talking about uh, distri- distributing there. And I think it's just you know, it'd be silly not to get it something out there. I don't know if you saw, but the top hundred list was, uh, I guess, created again of the Top 100 Liberty websites, and I think Cupbuck was 36? 36, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. Some, that's, you should be proud of that. That's great. Yeah, it's a great yeah. job, a great team. I, I think Freakeen hit 66 or something like that, so wow. we're in there in the mix. 855-450-FREE. Uh, Free Talk Live is on there somewhere, too. one 855 You can bring up what you want. Coming up, debate between Ademo and Brad Jardis. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com is uh, where you can go and you can enjoy the webcam. It's one of the features. You can watch, you can listen, and you can interact because the chat room is built into the same page and frequently uh, our very own Brad is in that chat room. Uh, any day of the week, actually. You're there frequently. Every once in a while. Yeah. And uh, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com and get interactive that way. That's cam.freetalklive.com. So uh, there's there's lots in the news to talk about, but this isn't just a news. certainly isn't a news show at all. It's, it's an opinion show. And uh, we, of course, will take your calls about absolutely anything that you want. Um, and the, the, the hosts on this program tend to have similar opinions on lots of issues. Like We tend to come from a liberty-oriented perspective. But that doesn't mean that uh, we walk lockstep on absolutely everything. In fact, in some cases, there are some issues that really uh, spur some serious disagreement. It's not a disagreement to where you can't remain friends afterward. 
But uh, it's a disagreement maybe about an approach or a tactic, a uh, disagreement about some details of an idea or how it should be fleshed out or, or you know, what should uh, the path be to get from point A to point B. And so there was some controversy, I guess, uh, between the two of you guys. Uh, Ademo is here with uh, with copblock.org and uh, Branch Artist, one of the bloggers at Free Keen, but you guys both blog at both websites, so yeah. you're sort of both yeah, in the same yeah, club. Yeah, we're everywhere. And, uh, and so... You took issue, I think, Ademo, with a blog post that Brad had made in response to this killing that happened, this drug raid that went on in a little town in New Hampshire. The drug task force came into this, attempted to come into this guy's house. He was ostensibly a dealer of uh, something. He, he had uh, was steroids, but they didn't find any steroids that I heard of, at least. I don't know if y'all heard about them I finding heard anything yet. Right, so I haven't heard anything about them actually finding anything in the house, but he ostensibly sold, uh, sold hero- or steroids in the past, and so the idea is, I guess they thought he was selling something again, and so they raided his home and ended up having four cops get shot, having the police chief who went along on this raid, his final week as a police chief, about ready to retire, went on one last raid, and he got shot to death. So one cop dead, police chief. The rest of them shot, and a couple of them ended up in intensive care uh, in the hospital. Now, Brad, your response to that was what? Well, I responded and said, um, the, I, I titled my blog post, I said, um, Good People, Bad Policy, Real Tragedy. And uh, I wrote about how I knew this police chief uh, who was killed, and uh, I knew him when I started in law enforcement back in 1999. Um, when I was 18, I met him because he was at the same district court that I used to go to. And this, this guy was just a really nice person. Uh, and he, was, uh, he helped me with a couple of uh, prosecution things. And uh, because he took so much time to be nice to me, a brand new officer, you know, here he is, the police chief of Northampton, New Hampshire. Um, you know, I just always had a really positive uh, view of this guy because he was just very friendly. Uh, and so... In my blog, basically what I was trying to do, uh, I mean, I was trying to point out to people, and I knew it would be controversial, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak about this, um, but I was pointing out that there are lots of good police officers who enforce bad laws, and I think a lot of them do it because they don't know, um, they're not... They're not trained to question things. And if, if a police officer uh, takes time to, to go through the facts and statistics and the reasons behind the war on drugs, I, I, I haven't been able to come up with a reason why, logically speaking, one of them wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, t- to, to change their mind about it. So I think there are really good people who enforce bad laws. And I, I'd like to think of myself as a good person, and I've arrested uh, dozens and dozens of people for marijuana possession. So I come at this from the from the viewpoint that, look, uh, yes, there's a lot of things that the police do that I don't like, uh, and, and I disagree vehemently with the drug war. But at the same time, I think the only understandable approach uh, is... Uh, is to understand that there are good people who legitimately think they're doing the right thing. And I think that's what you, Ademo, took issue with. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, I understand that, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. But for me, it's like we have this epic war on drugs that's driving this militarized police state. And so, you know, for a lot of activists, uh, violence is not the answer, something I also agree with. So you get arrested and you get taken along. But when when nation news like this comes up, um, you know, people sugarcoating it which is what i felt happened 
uh, only sweeps it under the rug. So the war on drugs is propped up by a lot of lies, a lot of fallacies, and uh, arguably or whatever, a mixture of the financial aspects to it, imprisoning people and the justice system, et cetera, et cetera. But what they tell everybody else is that they're dangerous and it hurts people and you save lives. Well, when this happens, then we should all be saying, hey, uh, how many officers' lives do we want to save? You know, like that angle, as well as if, you know, if one of my friends, both are my friends, and if you guys did something wrong, I would say what you did, Brad, was wrong. And so when you were like, these are good people, bad policies, it's like shifting the blame because the actions, I mean, six guys or seven guys stacked up on somebody's door to steal, you know, confiscate, whatever, take, seize uh, this man's property, which will happen to be steroids. Now, if this story was, hey, here's a person who fought off eight robbers who were after his TV and he shot four of them, one and, and another fatally, everyone would probably applaud and say, hey, you were defending your property, you had to do what you have to do. But here, thanks to the war on drugs, when the property is narcotics or something the government deems illegal, it's okay, and then we try to make excuses for why it was okay those people got up here. You know, It should be noted as well that the individuals who then barricaded themselves either had murder-suicide, suicide-suicide. Uh, so they, they died just because men with guns came to their house to steal stuff. And so those are the people I would try to say that I'm going to give the sympathy card to. And when we're talking about the guys on the porch, I just, you know, I think it's a tragedy. I'm sad that anybody lost their lives over something people choose to put in their body. But at the end of the day, I would say these people who are shot, and sadly this officer who was so close to retirement, is now dead. And, you know, message to all other Leos out there, uh, it's not always an activist who's just going to go limp and, and take you off. There are people out there who, you know, will protect their property. And when they do so, it's it, pu- it puts everybody at risk. It's more violence. Well, we're just perpetuating more violence. I think we all agree that it was, it was tragic, right? And completely avoidable. This, uh, this multiple cops being shot, the one cop being killed, these two people end up dead, perhaps murder-suicide, perhaps double-suicide. Uh, but uh, all completely avoidable had the police simply just left these folks alone. But in my kind of listening to you guys discuss this, and obviously off the air, there was some other discussion that happened prior to this, this, this the decision to discuss it on the air. Uh, it was my understanding, Adema, that uh, you just really wish Brad would have said they were wrong, right? Instead of just kind of saying, well, these are good people. It's possible to say someone's a good person, but they're they're doing wrong. Exactly. Right? You know, I think you both are good people or like, you know, I don't even necessarily think a bad decision makes you a bad person. I don't really believe in that. It's it's how one reacts. Like your reputation is all you have. So we're human. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. And it's how do you react when you make this mistake? Do you make a person whole? Do you do what, you know, whatever, you know? One individual in this circumstance is, is dead, and so he obviously, there's nothing you could do. But in this instance, it's like, how do you make these people whole? And now there's violence, and you know what can you do after the fact? So I'd say, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, call it a duck. Some let's people come back, were wrong. Let's come back with more here on this uh, at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here in moments. You know, of course, you can bring up whatever you want or uh, add into the discussion. Is it wrong uh, for the police to do what their supposed jobs are? And should they be called out for it? I, I say absolutely.
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video and prove that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that and get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project. We mentioned the Porcupine Freedom Festival earlier tonight. Uh, Jordan Page, who was on with us, uh, was rocking the Porcupine Freedom Festival as he's a musical uh, performer. And he will be uh, ostensibly doing so again at uh, apparently a wedding that will be happening. I don't know if it can be announced whose wedding it will be. Sure. Can it? Yeah. Short wedding, Brad. Yeah. And uh, so that's going to be happening at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. But it's just one of many things going to be happening at Porkfest. It's an entire week in the woods of New Hampshire with literally hundreds, maybe probably over a thousand other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. There's everything from family events to wild parties. Uh, and it's just an Beaches, philosophical blast. discussions. It yeah. is an absolute Panel blast. discussions, uh, karaoke, I believe, is going to go on. There's also like this rant contest where people get up on stage and rant about something. All so, kinds of cooks. Lots food. of cooks. Lots of underground cooks. Cooks that are, that are advertising openly the fact that they don't have a permit to uh to do their cooking so yeah. won't you get salmonella or something apparently everybody was all right last year and every year before that so and watching the free trade and uh multiple exchanges for you know payments silver you know services Absolutely. alternative currencies might, might even see more bitcoins uh this year yeah. around and Barter. so all kinds of fun stuff porkfest.com p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com as we continue here, a little bit of uh, controversy has kind of bubbled up between the two of you over a blog post that uh, that Brad had made at freekeen.com, basically being, I don't know, maybe extra friendly to some cops that were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. They were uh, raiding a man's house over ostensibly selling drugs, and the cops ended up getting themselves shot uh, in that particular raid. The police chief actually ended up dying as a result of the gunshot wounds that he received. And of course, we've all acknowledged that it's entirely a tragic occurrence. It didn't need to happen. We all support ending the insane war on drugs completely. But the disagreement seems to be, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, that Adamo, you basically are frustrated that Brad was was kind of, well, extra nice to these cops uh, because of the fact that uh, he knows who some of them are and he had good experiences with them and he wouldn't he wouldn't shame them at all. Right. I, th- I think Brad has a habit of wanting to tag me on Facebook. And like we said, we're all friends and we, we are in the same circles often. Uh, I think what, what the difference is, is, you know, I come from the being a victim of the war on drugs and Brad comes from being a police officer turned liberty activist. Uh, we both ended up in the same spot. So when he wants to, you know, the love police stuff, hug them, you know, bring them along educational wise to liberty. I take the more of the approach that I take in like my life. You know, I'm a very direct person, you know, most of the time or as often as I can be. And when I see somebody doing wrong, again, whether a good friend, best friend, somebody I don't know, or a police officer, I like to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. And, 
you know, these two people again are dead. So we might not even know if, you know, for all they knew, six or whatever, seven strangers were at the door. Because uh, I, 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 I can't recall if it was clear if they knocked and then there were shots or if they were like uh, shot I don't know if any approach. of those details have come out yet, but I haven't been paying attention over the last day or two. Right. So, so again, with the government being quiet about it and these two individuals who were in the home uh, being uh, deceased, we might never know. They could have thought they were actual robbers in a scenario which most people would agree with the self-defense of your, your home and, and property um, and then realize they were cops and decided suicide is the only option because you know what happens when you shoot cops. I mean, a bunch of cops are coming into that right. house. Well, um, if I could just point out a few things. Um, firstly, the the position where I come from and the reason why I made this blog post and um, I assumed it was going to be controversial because essentially what I'm saying is like, look, there are people who I personally view as decent human beings who are doing these things that I used to do and I know where they're coming from. I mean, I... I have worked with the drug task force in New Hampshire. Uh, in, in fact, uh, right before the uh, my uh, uh, the end of my police career in January of 2010, when I quit, um, just a few months prior, um, I was with the drug task force, and you know the, these guys were very professional, uh, and we didn't talk about politics at all. But you know, I, I think everybody knows I strictly oppose the war on drugs. I think it's immoral. I think using violence to solve problems is wrong. But I also understand how police view what they're doing as right and how police view what they're doing as just. Because when I got out of the police academy, whenever I would arrest somebody for possession of marijuana, I actually thought I was doing the right and moral thing. And um, to, to come out – and I understand I understand where you're coming from, Ademo, and I can't say I disagree with you because – because the way the police, uh, you know, the police enforce the war on drugs by using violence. They show up at someone's house, kick in the door, uh, point guns at people. And it's a very violent process. And yes, you know, statistically speaking, pe- some people are going to fight back. But I think in the in the greater liberty, uh, greater liberty movement, like we should be about uh, reaching hearts and minds and reaching out to people and and showing them that these types of things, you know, the war on drugs is is wrong because it. it uh, right. It's not either side that's the problem. It's the actual law that's the problem. But I understand what you're saying, and, and not to interrupt, but real quick, I sat in jail one time, and I was talking to a guard and about another guard who had done wrong to me. He would went off on me and whatever. Um, not the point of the story. The point is I wasn't even three sentences into explaining to the new guard what the old guard had done. He didn't want to hear me right it. in the eye and said, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to believe him. Right. And that's fine. And that's where I'm saying is you have a relationship with these guys, you know, just like I think Ian or, you know, one of my other good friends, if I came to them and said, yo, man, I really think you were wrong in this scenario and I hope you make who you you harmed whole or really dumb move, you know, call somebody, say something, whatever, uh, they would appreciate it more coming from me. So now that you have a relationship with these guys, you know, say, hey, man, you know, what are you doing? Well, you know, why think about it? It's an opportunity if you if you. Given the the no BS assessment, I think it's it's a further win for him. It's but more direct. I, I know what you're saying, but I mean the shock value to to the law enforcement community of having a, a police chief get killed. It is a huge deal. Um, I've been in police funerals before. I mean these these things are are there's lots of you know it's there's an honor guard. It's it's, it's opulent. It, almost. It, it's viewed as um, the police are viewed as enforcing the will of the people. So when one of the when one Which of, of course is nonsense. Well, uh, there the police enforce the will of the elected majority, and you know the the election that the way elections work that there's lots of it's rife with corruption too. But 
the general public doesn't think that um, does, the general public at large are not liberty activists. So when you say to me, when someone says like, well, I think that it should be moral to use force against the police when they are the initiators of force, I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, I understand how police officers don't understand but that's not where what I'm saying. I'm saying take this instant before it's an everyday occurrence for Leo's. And because like right now they're... We need more of this. You know the government's answers to these types of situations. It's more guns, more laws, stricter penalties, aggression, aggression. Yeah. So if we're standing up screaming, hey, look at look at these facts. Look how many people are in prison. Look at how many are violent. Look who is the actual aggressors. Look at the money spent on it. Look how many, you know. See, so well, here's how I would have approached it. And again, I'm not yeah. in your position, Brad. So I get where you're, I get where you're coming from. And, I, and the way I would have approached it, having some level of rapport with some of these guys would be to say, kind of the old sales technique, feel, felt, found. Uh, I, you know, at one time I felt this way, and then I found that, this, and now I feel this. So you can relate to them, you can empathize with them, you can, you can compliment them and say, hey, like you did, I had a really great relationship with this guy, and he was this to me, and, you know, I thought he was a pretty nice guy. Uh, and, you know, and at one time I felt the same way that he did. I, in fact, did some of the same things that, that these guys have done. And, uh, and then I found that, oh, well, here's some statistics about uh, dr- the drug war and here's some statistics about police being killed. Or I found that, you know, whatever you think would be persuasive to those guys, you see, I found that and then uh, now I feel this. And I, so it, it changed how I felt. And so at that, and then after that point, you can say, and so therefore, you know, these guys were wrong. You know, you were wrong uh, but to these, do this. But these transitions take a lot of and time. And I was wrong. You'd be admitting to also being wrong when you did those I've, things. I've so. admitted numerous times that right. I was wrong. I mean, there's lots of people who are criminals who shouldn't be because of me. But what I'm saying is this is all about approach and how people receive these things. It takes a long time to understand the message of liberty. And most police officers don't. It takes longer if you baby him, though. And I say don't baby him. Tell it how it is. He I, did say here that he disagrees with the violation of the non-aggression principle that happened with the drug policies. Technically, that is saying that they're wrong. Maybe not as harsh as you might like. 855-450-FREE. Your comments are welcome. 1-855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are awaiting you there. It's freetalklive.com. And if you like the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com where you'll find links to different Amazons, different ones for different countries. We've got Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon US. So pick the one that's right for you. Get the stuff that you're looking for. 
over at shop.freetalklive.com. When you shop through Amazon's link, to, through the, the links at shop.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. It's still the same great Amazon service and prices and selection you're used to. It's just you're entering through our affiliate link, so we get a, a slice. So, once again, uh, shop.freetalklive.com. Adamo Freeman here with us from copblock.org. The number 36 most popular liberty-oriented website out there. I guess thanks to the many folks, Brad himself included, uh, giving contributions. And right now we got a contest going on until the end of next week. So coplock.org slash contest. Still photography, uh, writings, uh, videos, all kinds of stuff to get involved with. So like contest, uh, what what are you judging basic based on? Well, like- basically we're trying to – it's called coplock.org's uh, – featured content of the month so we're trying to get people to write about their views on police accountability brutality etc so all these different four different categories again with writings videos and pictures where the judging will be done by the contributors at the site and then through a poll at the site so a mixture of that the winner gets $100 worth of coplock.org swag and gear so stickers flyers it's cool gear hats yeah we got it you're wearing the coplock.org hat uh, tonight and I have one of those hats, and I've got uh, the hoodie. I, I'm a huge fan. Honestly, yeah. I was behind a random car in Manchester, New Hampshire, the other day that had a cop lock bumper sticker, and I had no idea who you it was. You didn't know the person. Hmm. No idea. Yeah, cool. I ran into a guy downtown here in Keene that had one on his bike. So they get around, and it's great. So coplock.org slash store if anyone's looking to outfit themselves with some cool coplock.org swag. No doubt. It's a great brand. And uh, by the way, the website that has the top list of websites uh, for the Liberty Movement, uh, the, the so-called most visited libertarian websites, I don't really care for the term libertarian. I don't know if Coplock would deci- describe itself that way. I yeah, certainly wouldn't. Decentralized, doesn't have political affiliations. Right. Uh, but it's listed nonetheless. Uh, Free Talk Live hitting at number 60. Uh, we've also got uh, Free Keen at number 66. Uh, 80 is the Liberty Radio Network. So, yeah, you know, it's definitely some uh, some friendly blogs and websites. Yeah, a lot there. of Shire presence on that uh, list of, what, 100, is it? Uh, 124, actually, for some reason. CapitalFreePress.com is their website. That's capital with an A, CapitalFreePress.com. As we continue here, we actually have uh, somebody who wants to jump in on this conversation, please, I believe. Please. It's kind of a, not really a... Maybe a friendly debate uh, between sure. Adamo here and uh, Brad Jardis, former law enforcement officer, uh, on how to approach police in a time of tragedy, uh, in a time where they have had their lives disrupted by something they did, by something they initiated. In this case, uh, some cops who were shot as they and one killed uh, cops who were shot as they were attempting to raid someone's house over a drug raid. And so let's go to Tyrone listening in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Adamo from CopLock.org and Brad Jardis. Um, hello, people. Hey, Tyrone. Um, hey, um, you know, I have not really cared for cops too much in my life because of the treatment I've gotten. But, you know, I've had one one thing that happened to me a, a few mornings ago when I got pulled over because I don't register my car and they pulled me over for that. And, of course, you know, go through all that thing. Um, he treated me with the utmost respect. And he even gave me a ride back home, which is unheard of. That is unheard of. <laughs> I was on my way to work. Yeah, I was I was on my way to work, and you know I was just I was maybe a mile or two from home, and he turned he took he took his time and 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 deviated from his whatever he was doing, and gave me a ride back home. Now he took he your car though, right, and impounded it. Oh, of course, of course, the car got impounded. 
Of course. Well, I'd like to point out that it's not always that way up here in New Hampshire. When I had a registration issue like that, uh, I was allowed to actually take the car back to my house. I was actually I still had to pay the tow driver 100 bucks to to do that, but at least I didn't have to pay whatever the impound fees would have been had it been impounded. Right, the, they, the rest of the extortion. Yeah. So, part. you know, yeah. they could have gone further with it and they didn't. So, I guess, you know, this guy maybe maybe there's an obligation to to impound it in Georgia and there's not one up here, but, uh, but it's not like that everywhere. Tyrone, when you uh had your extra time with the officer and not in a hostile situation knowing you're being carted mm-hmm. in jail or something did you have a chance to talk to him like did, did you know did you discuss you know the local sports team or did you discuss like hey do you, you know what are you doing i'm supposed to be going to work right i assume you either right. missed or were late for work and he still he still burdened you you know did you have any conversations with yeah. him yeah on the way home it was a short ride maybe a, a few minutes but i did talk to him and i asked him well i told him that you know I really appreciated the uh, the treatment that I got and, and the ride home, of course, because I could have, and it was still dark, it was early in the morning, and he could have made me walk back down that street, and, you know, it was no sidewalk. And, or he could have taken you to jail and per the Supreme Court had you strip searched because any minor violation <laughs> qualifies these days. See, to, to jump in and sort of get a demos back here, like, the police... Um, uh, they, the police enforce a, a lot of bad laws that end up creating victims in the first instance. But when police uh, do something nice, um, it it seems like a lot of that is forgotten. So, um, like, yeah, this officer was was probably very cordial with you and, and assisted you to uh, to get back home. But at the same time, you know, what could be driving that is is the officer a nice guy? Maybe has there been a lawsuit because they didn't do that before? Maybe. Right. Um, but you know, uh, had you had the wrong plant in your pocket, you very well could have been arrested. And and I think where this is where where this conversation, you know, what we were talking about before is, um, you know, the the police can ultimately use deadly force and kill you if if you uh, if you try to defend yourself. And uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that this officer um, would do that himself if if he was trying to arrest you for something. Well, let me add. Let me add that I am I am black. I have like waist length dreadlocks, and I was flying my colors in my windshield. Cool. My colors red, uh, red, gold, and green. And he could have, he could have taken me through the ringer, but he didn't. He approached me. I had my door open because my window wouldn't go down, so I had to open my door. And he didn't flip out because I opened my door. And he was just really cool and calm, which made me cool and calm. And the situation it never escalated, so it never had to de-escalate. It was just a really good experience. Uh, Even well, I, got my yeah, trip, I, mean, I appreciate that, Tyrone, but would you would you be calling Free Talk Live if this was a, a cool, calm robber who met you right after the ATM machine withdrawal and said, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take 240 of that buddy, and, and your car keys, friend? You know, and tell you what, I'll drop you off at home in your car on the way out right. here. Like, because well, I appreciate it as much as the next guy when the cops aren't violent with me, but I still need to have them acknowledge that I don't appreciate what they're doing. So, like, uh, when this cop served me with papers today, me from every single liquor store in the state he, you know they always say something like all right and i'm usually like no it's not all right <laughs> right and i'm not saying either that you should have been like you know using obscenities and, and saying belittling the man but having a conversation like hey I, I understand you're being really nice right now but do you understand that you're stealing from me that right. you are extorting right. me and that today tyrone you paid or maybe i don't know if you live in that area or whatever but somebody paid for the officer to treat you this way and i'm guessing or at least i know i wouldn't and many other most likely would not want to pay for that officer to do that to you nicely, rudely, aggressively, you know. 
And don't forget, the, it was the police officer who created the situation for you to be in where you needed right. a ride in the first place. It's, so. it's common, right. though, for people who are in these situations to want them to be over and to you know not want to instigate. So I understand why – or to feel like they're instigating. And so I understand why people would, would shy away from that. But it still disturbs me when somebody says thank you to a judge who has just you know given them a sentence yeah. Yeah, or I, thank I you to that. a cop I, who has just I, given you a ticket. I can understand that. But, but well, well, I, let me, let me, let me, let me add this because – I was under the impression, and I, and I was already ready for it. I had bail money and put aside and everything. I was under the impression that when I got stopped for this, I was going straight to jail. So not going to jail was a was a game changer. For Almost me. made you thankful. Out. Well, that's well. I would say something like, "Well, thank you for not taking Using me discretion. to jail," or "Thank you for you know my case. Thank you for not impounding the car, or thank you for the ride home." It's okay to thank them, I think, for the good things that they do to you. But oh, like, that's what somebody, it was. Hmm? That's I, exactly I, what it was. I was just, you know, for the treatment. Yeah, yes, I, I get I, where you're coming from, and I appreciate both aspects. I appreciate Brad trying to say, "Hey, let's do this and do that," but I also think and right, uh, come at it from both angles. Well, yes, both angles is obviously important, but I think that if more people said, and I'm not again say yelling at cops or throwing rocks at them or something, but I'm saying when I see somebody doing wrong, just mentioning mentioning it, you know, if hey, I don't want you arresting that guy, I don't want you arresting that guy. How many days could you have worked, Brad? Uh, hearing somebody tell you not to arrest somebody every time you arrested somebody, where you'd be like, I'm sick of going to work today. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, you know? Yeah, if it, if it were more common. It's it not common. very common right now because of what Brad was saying earlier, and then people worship the police, and they're afraid of the and police, also, but they don't worship them. And let me just add this one thing. Yep. And, and this is the caveat, which I think maybe you guys won't understand. Um, the cop was white, and I'm black. See, when you, you guys are white, so you also going to come on a, a the playing field is almost level so you know they don't have some sort of a preconceived notion coming into the situation well the, they got, know who we are and they know who we are around here well, they certainly well, have know, preconceived notions I, I gotta be honest with you New Hampshire is a state that's like 98% white people. I used to feel slightly uncomfortable when I'd pull over uh, a person who's African-American because just because of the fact, like, oh, geez, like, I don't want this person thinking I'm targeting them just because they're black in New Hampshire. Tyrone, thanks for the call tonight, man. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. I'd come at it from both perspectives. I would thank them for doing the things I think were right, and I would criticize them, and I would say, you know, but I don't appreciate you doing this in the first place. You should be out looking for real criminals. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us 
on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. We've got a lot of them, and you can enjoy them all for free, freetalklive.com. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. Ademo. And Bradley. And uh, both Ademo and Brad are uh, co-bloggers of mine over at freekeen.com, and uh, you guys are both bloggers also together at copblock.org, one of the most popular uh, liberty-oriented websites in, uh, I guess, the, the whole world. I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, and so we're kind of having a, a discussion here that's open to you as well. If you'd like to have a couple of, uh, well, let's, I mean, let's call you experts. You guys pay a lot of attention to what the police do, uh, and you come at it from different perspectives, as Ademo had pointed out. Uh, you know, Ademo, you being a victim of the war on drugs, and Brad at one time being an enforcer uh, in the, the war on drugs. And, of course, now we all agree that the, the war on drugs is an insane war against our friends and our family members, and it needs to end. So let's go to the phones here and to the fun. We'll talk to Dewey on the line in Minnesota, northern Minnesota, listening to WNMT. Dewey, you're on with Ademo and Brad. Hey, uh, appreciate you uh, taking my call. No problem. Go uh, ahead with your thoughts. A couple, couple quick questions. Um, you know, and I, I haven't followed the story that you're talking about, and I just turned you on. But uh, question for Brad, you know, if you're in your house and, you know, whether you're a drug dealer or you're just Joe Blow laying in your bed, you're asleep, and people rush into your house, <clears throat> your first response is to defend yourself and your family. Uh, I I don't want to see anybody, officers, anybody killed. But what you know, what's what's a person supposed to do? And then you know, you you take that one step further. In the future, they're going to possibly try to outlaw guns. Now, what's 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 your opinion when? <clears throat> You're rushing in to enforce this, and, you know, all a person's doing is defending his family and his rights. Well, I think, um, firstly, as a, a matter of what is called public policy, you know, because the, the government does exist, and the police exist, and these laws exist. So this is where I'm coming from. I don't from. agree that government does exist. Government's <clears throat> just an idea. Uh, the men calling themselves government and the women calling themselves government, those people exist. And they have a certain belief system that leads them to think it's okay to put peaceful people in cages. Right, but, All of that exists. But government's just an idea. It doesn't see, really exist. But you see, Ian, that same belief system is the same belief system that I had when I grew up. When I yeah, went to it's a religion. I went to government school and then I went to the police academy. And then, you know, as I was doing these things, um, enforcing these laws, you know, it um, it is not something you stop and think about. It's just what you're supposed to do. Well, right, it's now, taken for granted. Right, this right. is how it is. Now, I, I cannot disagree with the demo from a moral sense. Like, I believe people should have the right to defend themselves from a violent attack. And if you take away the fact that the people um, in this particular tragedy in Greenland, if you take away the fact that the people uh, who were doing it were state agents, um, what you have is a home invasion. You still have a home invasion. I they just call it right. something else. I understand that, but the general public does not think of it that way. Right. So, because they have the aura well, of legitimacy. I, I agree. A lot of the public does think of it that way. Well, not enough of it to, in order to, to change. Uh, I, I mean, because up here, we spend a lot of time lobbying the legislature. Or excuse me. Some of us spend a lot of time lobbying the legislature. And common sense seems to be right out the window. So, I, I mean, a majority of people, uh, a majority of people who vote, apparently have the opinion that the the absolute 
abject failure of a policy of the drug uh, the drug war, they think that this needs to continue. But regardless of percentages, I mean, you just said the percentage of people that vote. So the minority, the majority, excuse me, of people already don't vote. I think it was like 44, 48 percent that turned out for the last presidential election, whatever. Yep. So it's already a small number for the winner. They're, they're a, a small uh, number. So if even if you look at it on the opposite scale, if 99% of people said it was okay to raid a Damel's house, it's still my house, it's still my property, and it's still my body. Right. I don't care if 99% of people, if I'm the only one who thinks I can drink gasoline, you still can't come into my house with guns, try to take my gasoline, and then try to take me to a cage. That's but don't you wrong. agree, Ademo, that it's the best thing to do in a situation where there's these you know, criminals coming into your home? But you see, I, I know you don't know if they're the police, but don't you think the best thing to do is turn on a video camera rather than load up a firearm? Absolutely. I think at this stage where we are, you have to highlight the aggressors, and that's you know these people. But when these tragedies happen, we also can't sugarcoat it and say, these are good people who made bad choices, and like I can understand where they're coming from. I would just say, you know, the, the tragedy is the two people who are dead in the house. The consequence of bad law are the people who are dead outside, and I have an open standing question to Leo's, is how many more people want to put their lives on the line for what people want to put in their bodies? Do we go ahead with your thoughts. No, I, I guess all I was saying was, you know, I mean, if you're if you're dealing drugs and you're 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 living in an illegal society, you know, okay, you have to figure that sooner or later something's going to happen. But there's been a, a number of cases where police or whatever have have raided the wrong house and done the sure. done that, you know. And, okay, not only well, have they not only have they raided the wrong house, but in the process of raiding the wrong house, they've gotten themselves shot by somebody who was defending their home, and then that guy exactly, ends up going to prison. Exactly. So you know, I mean, I guess if I was laying in bed at two o'clock in the morning and somebody rushed in, hey, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm I'm going to be alive at the end of the game. Well, maybe you won't. If you end up killing cops, uh, they're probably going to ice you before they ever take you into a cage. But although you not understand always. what I'm saying, my first response is going to be. Hey, what the hell's going on? I, I totally understand, and I don't blame anybody. That's what the, the perspective I come from on this, and Dewey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The perspective I come from is I don't blame somebody for doing what Dewey's suggesting and you know defending their property. Of it, it's what it De- is. Right, defending their, their family. I don't blame them. I don't think that they are the criminal in, the, in that case. I think they're just doing what, what comes by instinct or what it feels they need to do to protect their family, regardless of who the men with the guns are. I don't blame them, but I also think that it's not the best tactic. I think that ultimately it is a, a tactic that results in a real negative kind of view of those people. Like, you know, it makes it easier to blame the victims in this case. It makes it easy for people looking on the outside and say, those are bad drug dealer. That's a bad person because they shot the cops. And whereas if you pull out a video camera instead of a gun, maybe you're going to be more likely to, A, survive the, uh, the incident. And certainly after the fact, you'd be more likely to not be seen as a crazed lunatic for shooting back at the police. And that's exactly why I feel this conversation is so important. And it's so important to have it from a complete liberty stance. You know, Brad has uh, a relationship for, to whatever degree with these folks, like my story with the jailer. He was going to believe whatever the jailer said. Brad could essentially be that jailer, even though he's former Leo. And if he would go to them and say, this is bad, we should all stop this and have the conversation from, you know, the complete liberty aspect, self-ownership, uh, you know, overall, you know, everyone, when, when this conversation happened already, the paper was saying, you know, should, um, SWAT guys be raided or outfitted in more militaristic Kevlar. 
like stuff or robots or other things. That's the opposite. Why doesn't someone say, should we be start the conversation where we begin? Should we be going into the house in the first place? And that, I think, if someone took an honest look at it, is a win-win-win as opposed to the, the other the ideas. But I think the problem is, though, that people view the police enforcing these things as heroic. So when a police officer dies enforcing the law, which, you know, the, the drug war is a collection of really screwed up laws... When police die doing it, the general public wants to have a funeral. The, the public wants to celebrate a, a person's sacrifice to service. And, I mean, I can only tell you guys, based on my experience, that the police chief that was killed is a nice guy. I mean... I believe you. I, I mean... And he was a nice guy doing the wrong thing. And he should be called out for that. To some extent, I think you did that. And, and you know, I think that maybe my critique of both y'all, and certainly y'all are free to critique me as well, uh, but is maybe that, uh, Adamo, you come off as too harsh, and you, Brad, maybe come off as uh, as too... We need a blend kissing. the two, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to come off... I think a little off... bit of both is uh, is useful, to empathize and to criticize at the same time. I'm trying to come off from the, the standpoint where... Look, society views these things as important. And if you say, oh, well, I, I understand why that why that police officer was killed because he was in the wrong, society can't accept that. I don't know what society means. Yeah. I think that there are individuals and different people have different perspectives Fair on these, uh, these matters. 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Fact is, this war on drugs touches more and more people in society every single day. And so there are probably a lot of people that oppose this stuff. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. We've got a couple of uh, experts when it comes to all things police. Two of the bloggers from copblock.org are here in the studio with us. And, of course, you can talk about whatever's on your mind as well. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-450-3733. Speaking of SACL CAI, perhaps you are a business owner. And or maybe you just work at accounts receivable. Either way, let's say you're dealing with accounts that owe you money and it's just a pain to collect. Anybody that's ever had somebody owe them money, you know how this can be. So uh, and if you've got it, it's, it's part of your business, man, you don't want to be spending your time doing collections. You want to be doing what you got into business to do, whether it's making widgets or servicing widgets or whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you love to do. You certainly probably don't love to do collections unless you got into the collections business, in which case I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to anybody else who actually has a business, a regular business. Uh, you need to hear about SACL CAI. You should visit their website. SACL CAI, it's right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. Just click under their banner and then learn about how they can help you get this collections problem handled. Uh, they can do collections, early out billing, and they even purchase charged-off receivables. These guys do it in a way to where they treat your customer well so it reflects on you 
because you want your customer to pay their debts and then come back and continue buying from you. Uh, so go to Sickle CAI's website, again, right at the top of our banner column, at freetalklive.com. As we go to you and your thoughts, again, Adamo Freeman here from coplock.org, also Brad Jardis, a former law enforcement officer, is here from coplock.org as well. And now, Pete, it's a, a triple your coplock evening here, because Pete, uh, I believe is Pete Air. it's probably the only Pete from Keene calling in. Uh, Pete, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Pete. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I just want to weigh in. I wanted to echo a lot of what Adamo was saying and just kind of underscore. I'll just make a comment briefly and get off if you guys care to address it or not. That's fine. But I just wanted to say, like, to speak to Brad's point, I mean, I can understand where he's coming from. But, you know, after the incident, after an unfortunate incident like that happens, I think the best use of time maybe isn't like, well, what might you do in such a situation? I mean, obviously, those scenarios are good to think about, but I'll... I think ultimately a better question is how do we mitigate these things? How do we how do we prevent the loss of life? And you know, as it has been already touched on, it's this the perverse incentive caused by uh, drug prohibition. And you know, it's not just like an, an amorphous entity like the government. We should speak to these folks as individuals. So Brad's comment about um, they might not be ready for this message, or it, you know, I'm not quoting you directly, Brad, but like the, the essentially the the thought that. You know, you can't present a strike the root, a hardcore, consistent message to current Leos, especially after such an incident, because it wouldn't be received well. And, but I would, I would caution that such as a mentality, because, you know, at the same time, you yourself, Brad, are trying to gauge where this, you know, group of people that are employed at a particular organization, what their mindset happens to be collectively. So you, based on what you think it is, uh, then decide what information you choose to present them with, whereas I think the, the surest and most effective way to reach what I think is a shared goal of a free and prosperous society it would be for each of us to always strike the root and to always advocate for the ideal because, yes, it may be um, you know a new idea for a lot of people, but that's the surest way to get there is to have that conversation, and you're definitely a uh, chill communicator in that regard, so I would I would encourage you to to think about that. And I mean, if we want to live, if we don't want to wake up tomorrow and hear about another such situation, why not have those tough conversations and plant those seeds in the people's minds who are currently, you know, violating people's rights by their very occupation because they're subsisting on stolen money and further doing so by breaking in people's houses for engaging in activity that has no victim. So that's all I'd say. Well, uh, Pete, before you go, uh, one thing that yep. one thing that I identify very closely with you is that um, it seems like you and I could have, uh, I could have gone the way you went and you could have gone the way I went because you went to school, uh, you have your degree in criminal justice, correct? Yeah, it's actually in law enforcement, but uh, yep. Okay, so I mean, you very well could have ended up uh, working uh, in the profession of law enforcement, and then you would find yourself, uh, you know, enforcing, you very well could have come to the message of liberty and freedom later on, but, you know, to, to the police officers that are out there today, I want them to listen to uh, the reason behind why the drug war is absolutely insane. And I've, con- you know, I've when I was a speaker for law enforcement against prohibition, I've been able to convince lions clubs full of, you know, old conservative Republicans that the war on drugs from a, you know, from a financial standpoint just makes absolutely no sense. You know, trying to convince law enforcement officers that are, are so ingrained with the indoctrination of the system to to do as you're told, don't question orders, to, um, 
to say, well, you know, to, to come at them from the uh, from the angle of, well, you initiated violence against someone. Uh, this is, you know, this is not necessarily immoral that someone defended themselves. I mean, it. I, I understand, and that makes sense, and I don't disagree. But I just don't think anyone's going to listen. And not only do I think that uh, people in the profession of law enforcement aren't going to listen, I think that they're going to become upset by this. And I just think that makes it harder to. Um, to, to gain allies and change opinions. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I can understand what you're saying. I guess I would, you know, if we're talking about, if, we're, if, the, if the goal is to mitigate such things so we can live in a more consensual interaction-based society, then, um, then striking the root, you're not just speaking to that. The current police officers aren't just the, the sole audience you're speaking to. You're also speaking to people that pay their salaries and then have a knee-jerk reaction to support them because chances are, you know, with the, the dozens and dozens of cops that were on the scene or whatever in Greenfield, uh, it's likely that some people there were like, I don't even know why I'm here. Or maybe after the event, they question the their involvement in being a cog in this machine, you know. And so for them, like knowing that the community around them doesn't just knee-jerk reaction, expect them to enforce these policies because someone, some stranger put them on paper, like it makes it easier for them to then think for themselves and can, and act according to what I hope is their conscience, well, I mean, which is to not initiate force. Pete, what I what I would say is um, this: this police chief, uh, his funeral, I believe, is being held uh, on Wednesday. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday, and you know there are going to be police officers flying in from all over the world for this. Sounds yeah. like a good time for a protest. Well, that's I, what I was going to ask about this, but we can get into. I'll let Brad finish the statement because I was going to wonder what. You know, who's going to say what about that? Well, I mean, if you uh, think about it, though, I mean, police officers are flying in from all over the world because it the way, excuse me, and I know you don't like the term society, Ian, but the way the system, which is supported by the majority of the voting public, the way which is hardly anyone, which is hardly anyone, the way the system is, de- you know, is designed to work is that people have to respect authority and killing a police officer who is the, uh, you know, is the the, the um, sort of the public image of authority it, it is treated as a capital offense here in new hampshire hold on hold on we're not talking about killing a police officer i'm just saying that if more people would point out and say you're doing wrong not i understand why you're doing it yeah i don't think anyone's excuses. defending i don't think anyone's defending the guy who shot the cops i don't think anyone's defending him so to just simply give these people a little bit of a taste of hey you were wrong to do this the idea being to have more people let these Cops know, especially ones that know them or especially ones that are close to them, because the people in their family or people who are their friends start to say to them, hey, maybe you should rethink this whole war on drugs thing. That could make a difference. But, but every, every time that I've ever uh, come across this particular argument, whenever it's about police violence, police being hurt and forcing the war on drugs, the argument has always been for the enhanced militarization of the police. And that's because p- people buy this hook, line and, line, and sinker that you need to use violence to get people that's to stop using no drugs. That's because there's no counter-conversation. You know, no one's saying that it's, this is wrong, yeah, all it's the, bad. All the more reason why you shouldn't just defer and have a, a neutral conversation. Strike the root. That's a Thanks, good point. Pete, for the call. More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want at 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Lots of features await you there. We've got the mobile site for those of you with a smartphone, and there are a lot of people with smartphones these days. In fact, I think it's the majority of Americans have one, if I'm not mistaken. M.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get uh, quick access to our live streams. We've got three different flavors for different speed internet connections. So you can use the uh, dial-up slash narrowband one or the mid-band or the broadband. It's all there for you over at M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Plus, get uh, access quickly to our podcast there as well and the software you need to listen in to the live streams. It's all linked to over at M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. We go uh, back to the phones here. Uh, joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. A demo. And Bradley. A demo and Bradley. Uh, two of the bloggers over at copblock.org. Definitely a website worth checking out uh, when you get a, a moment drop on in there. Let's go to Andrew calling from New Hampshire. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, Andrew. Um, I, I just wanted to clear up some uh, facts that you guys uh seem to be uh, missing on the Greenland shooting. Uh, I've been following it in the paper. This is the shooting uh, where one police chief was shot to death and uh, four other cops uh, were also shot. And the the victims of the raid ended up dead, too, ostensibly by their own hands. Uh, But uh, go ahead. Uh, Yes. uh, One of them, the the gentleman who uh, allegedly shot uh, the police chief, uh, killed himself, according to the attorney general and the uh, medical examiner, after he shot his former girlfriend who had recently either gotten back together to with him or was trying to you know work out some issues with him and um so i I just wanted to bring that up because it it seemed that either a or someone else had uh you know mistakenly said that there was two people who had uh, died you mean well there were two victims i meant in the Uh, house when i said that the two people in the house did die Right. There were the victims that were living in the house or staying in that house. They both ended up dead. You're saying it has been determined that it was a murder-suicide and not a double-suicide? Uh, that's that's correct, yeah. That's what the uh, medical examiner said. She yeah. was shot in the head and he was... Or, yeah, she was shot in the head and then he shot himself. Yeah. How did they? I'm sorry. How did they know, just because yeah, she, she was shot in the head, that it. she didn't ask for it? Yeah. What's that? How did they know she didn't ask to be shot in the head? Uh that's an excellent question. I, I don't know. The, the possibility is that she was talking with her um, family members, I, I guess, uh, from what I read in the newspaper, um, so that they would have some of her state of mind uh, going up until the point in which she ended up uh, dying. So. I see. When somebody dies, you have to, uh, the police do what's called a 24-hour background check. Everything, like every single interaction they had within the last 24 hours mm-hmm. is 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 sort of put under a microscope. Um Andrew, do you know, um, is there any more information uh, about this particular shooting that, uh, obviously, uh, this is what Ademo and I have been speaking about, uh, but is there any more information? Um, I've read that this this um, this guy who is now dead, um, he had a violent history. Um, is there any more information about how this played in with the raid, or was the raid strictly because they thought he had, you know, steroids in, in his house? That's an excellent question. I know that I had read in the paper that he had told the selectmen um, of Greenland um, when they asked about whether or not he had any advice or anything for the the incoming police chief that uh, you know he had one last thing to take care of, which presumably was the raid of this 
you know. He um, actually said uh, somewhere. I thought uh, I thought he actually specifically said in a newspaper article that the final thing on his plate was to was to take care of this particular individual. Right, and I mean this this guy doesn't sound th- this guy who uh, the police were raiding doesn't sound like he was an angel by any means. I mean he it sounds like he has violent history, but in this uh, I, I probably from. A friend of a friend that you know they they know the guy and you know he seemed you know a little off so uh, take that for what it's worth. Sure, but I'd also like to, I mean a little off. <laughs> I, I wanted to do a video on this. It's like right, wrong, normal, or crazy over this scenario because again you know you give the analogy of a robber and it's justifiable to defend yourself and then it's the police and you got to do whatever. But um, the the one other point that I wanted to make is you know. Who's violent? Who's been more violent than the police? Look at the history of the police. More and more violent every single day. You know, he, you say this this gentleman, you know, allegedly has a, a history of violence. Well, what? That he's resisted arrest? That he's been assaulted an officer? Uh, what's the contents? He assaulted a, his girlfriend, allegedly. Okay, well, then I can understand that to, to be a valid claim, most likely. But the police every single day are pulling somebody over. You know, victimless crimes, revenue generation, you know. Absolutely. I mean, they are guilty of being incredibly violent, but they do it as part of their jobs and they believe that it's completely justified. Right. So I'm fine with talking about the violence of the individual in the home. But if we're going to do that, let's talk about the violence of the police again. You know, if we're having a conversation. You're talking about that individual or individuals in general or people in general, because you've gone straight from an extrapolation of I was talking about individuals or trying to talk about individuals, and you want to do is extrapolate it out. And I think that's part of the problem that people view a negative light towards people who bring issues like this up, is a lot of times it's very easy to just jump to, well, the police do this, the police do that, the police do this. And especially if you want to take your standpoint of, well, we need to uh, you know, take a uh, very, you know, uh, very principled stance and tell uh, police, you know, what they're doing is wrong. It's not necessarily going to be well received, especially after people whose, you know, friends and family members have been injured or killed. Uh, they're not going to take that very well, and you kind of have to approach it in a certain way that people can understand and digest the information, and not just jump to, well, the police are wrong. And the police are violent. Well, right. And that's why I think that and, – and Andrew, by the way, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. That's why I think the uh, Dale Carnegie method of how to win friends and influence people, which is an excellent book. I don't know if uh, everybody's read it, uh, but it's, it's got a lot of useful information in it. And one of the more useful things that I recall – probably it's been over a decade since I've read it. It probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be a bad thing for me to read it again. Uh, but one of the things that really I took away from that book was that when you want to critique somebody, it's always best to start with a compliment. And I have to admit, I'm not the best at, at necessarily remembering to do this, but I do try to keep that in mind if I have something to uh, suggest to somebody that, uh, you know, hey, I, I appreciate that you do this and this and this and this, but can you look, take a look at how you did this? Uh, so that way that the person knows that, that at least you've thought about nice things about them before you handed them the, the critique, which is why I said, you know, said earlier – it's a good time, you know, whenever you get the chance to talk to the police, it's a good time to acknowledge them for doing the things they do right. Hey, I appreciate that you guys are out there to try to stop the bad guys and try to, you know, uh, catch people that are hurting others. And that I, I really appreciate it when you do that kind of work. 
However, I don't think that you're doing that when it comes to the war on drugs. You're actually hurting peaceful people. These aren't bad guys. You can't stop this, uh, the drugs from getting into people's bodies. You can't stop them from getting into the country. So, you know, preface it with a, with a compliment. And I think that's just generally a good uh, structure of, of communication. Now, they're going to take some critique like that better from someone like Brad or somebody who's got the, you know, the cred in their mind than they would from myself or a demo, for instance. But that doesn't mean it's, not, it's an invalid technique. It's a, I think it's a technique that everybody can use. Because who doesn't want to be appreciated? But I mean, right now the police are mourning because um, one of their friends, and you know, so you're saying they're extra sensitive, so no critique whatsoever. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the critique that is given, I think, should come from the vantage point that the people you are critiquing legitimately, in large part, view what they're doing as moral and just. I know it's not. You know it's not. Adamo knows it's not. I agree with that. So, you should, no, you should acknowledge that. So, I know you think this is right, but here's what I found. It's not. I, I hope that if I had done something dumb that cost me my life, I hope you guys wouldn't say overlook you know, the harm, especially if it was aggressing on other people, that you would say he was absolutely wrong here and he may have done some good things in his life or may have been a better person than he is that he's shown that day. But that day he was wrong and he deserved what he got. And I'm not saying... Well, I, I guess that, that that's a stretch, but I'm not saying deserve what you got. I don't I don't advocate that people shoot at the police. I'd rather highlight the gun in the room. But when these situations happen, we have to be consistent. Because like I said during the break, a uh, quick analogy is you look at Ron Paul and all the success, quote-unquote, he's having with getting big crowds. Why is that? Because he's consistent. He's been yeah. consistent for decades. And if every time one of these things comes up, it's the same thing, that'll g- gain support. If you say something one thing now and then a little bit later and you go to strike the root later, we lose the cause. Not only is Ron Paul consistent, but he usually isn't a sugarcoater either. He's going to tell it like it is. Yes. And that's important. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can chime in at this conversation. You can also add in whatever you want. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here for you, 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line joining you tonight. It is Ian here. And Bradley. And Demo had to, unfortunately, step away. Uh, he's you know, a busy guy, got a lot of blogging stuff to do and other responsibilities on his hands. He actually initially just came here to have a little debate with you at the beginning of the show, and it turned into a debate and some several phone calls. So yeah. love it when that happens, and appreciate everybody's participation. Of course, you know, if you've got a question for Brad, he's here for the rest of the evening. Uh, and the number again, 855 but there's other th- stuff to talk about. I mean, we don't just have to talk about the cops and uh, the war on drugs or anything related to law enforcement. Just because just you're here, Brad, doesn't mean that has to be the, the topic on the table. It just happened to be the topic tonight. Uh, so you can bring up what you want at 855-453. And then coming up, the club truck, the Hustler club truck. We'll tell you more about what that means. It's making apparently a tour around certain cities. Uh, we'll give you the details. But uh, first, to the phones and to your phone calls, Edmund in Indiana, on the amp lines, you're on with uh, Ian and Brad. Hey guys, this is Edmund uh, from Cop Block. Um, hey Edmund, I just wanted to make a just wanted to make a quick comment on this uh, 
thing you guys were talking about. I don't know how much longer my battery's going to hold on. Let me make this kind uh, of short. Um, really, I think to me what it all comes down to is, you know, in the end, I think Brad is right that uh, the cops still are people, and I think they treat them the you were treating anybody else. And but also, in reality, it is an us versus them situation because if you look at the cops, the cops a lot of the time will say that we're the ones that are using violence on people and they're here to stop it. And then if you read what usually, like if you read comments and leave on our website and on our Facebook page and stuff, you know, in and which thing I believe in more, I know you guys believe they're using violence against us. And but in the end, you still you have to treat them like people, and you have to remember Absolutely. the way. I don't think anybody was advocating uh, not treating treating them like people here. I, I don't. I didn't hear yeah. that. Uh, Brad, did you? No. Did you hear that advocated tonight? Because I don't feel like. That no, was I mean the only thing I'm advocating is communicating with people in a way that I think they'll be able to listen. And you know, I mean, the the war on drugs is here. It's 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 going on right now somewhere in New Hampshire. Someone's homes getting raided somewhere across the country. There are lots of homes getting raided. Mm-hmm. I just think that the best way to reach out to the police is to. Uh, understand that these are people who a lot of them deeply believe that they're doing the right thing by enforcing drug prohibition and they believe that because of you know all the training they've gotten so um to to come at them and um and sort of suggest that um that people one of their own getting killed is, is should be acceptable because of the way because of the way that they're initiating force. I mean, these are concepts. Did you feel like Adema was suggesting that? Well, I, I I didn't feel like that was the case at all. I almost felt like you guys were arguing past one another because I felt yeah. like you might might have agreed on more than than maybe you realized. And I don't hear you saying that, Edmund, at all. Do we have Edmund? Sounds like his battery died. Thanks yeah. for the call, man. Appreciate it. Our bad cell. It was kind of breaking up there. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I want to try to empathize with these guys as much as possible. And I can say that uh, that I used to come from the angry perspective. I used to come from the perspective of let's arm up and prepare for the end and take out as many cops as I can you know, at the very end, etc. And I don't have that perspective anymore, and I think that there's a couple of factors as to why. Uh, one, I kind of had a, I guess, a spiritual shift, almost, you could, you could say. But on the other hand, I also moved to this wonderful place uh, here in New Hampshire, and uh, part of the Free State Project, where I'm getting together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who actually care about freedom and are willing to do something to achieve it in our lifetime. So being around other people who have similar vo- uh, values and similar goals in mind is, is very useful to help, I guess, renew hope. I think I had lost hope prior to, to moving here, and it helped bring it back. But also what helps is being in a, a relatively small place. Uh, now, I live in Keene, New Hampshire. Brad, you live out in the, the seacoast area. Yeah, I live in Dover. And uh, both of these areas are relatively small uh, as far as you know population size. I think they're probably about uh, similar. Dover maybe a little more than, uh, than Keene. But uh, you know, Keene, 23,000 people. Dover, 30,000, something like that. This is a place where the police department has 50 employees in in Keene, and of those 50, 30-something are officers and the rest of it's office staff. So it's a place where you can you can have more of, a, I guess, a, uh, a relationship with the, the police, unlike a New York City where you go somewhere in New York City and you never know who you're going to encounter as far as the police are concerned. Uh, here, 
they're all pretty easily identifiable. If you've been here long enough, you start to see the same ones over and over again, uh, and you can start to have conversations with these guys. And so it's it's important to come at things from an empathetic perspective. Of look, I understand you you, you know you, you think you're doing the right thing, and I appreciate that you do these you know these things here. And so try to empathize with them as much as you can, even though you've not been a cop, or in your case, you have, Brad. But the average person listening to this hasn't been a cop, so you can't really come at that. You can't really tr- truly empathize with them because you haven't experienced the same things that they have, but you can still do your best uh, to try to put yourself in their shoes and to understand the frustrations of some of the things they must have to deal with each day and, and show them that you do care about them as a human being. I think that's a really important uh, step to all this. You know, um, back when I uh, was a law enforcement officer, I found myself a lot of times trying to explain a lot of the concepts uh, of libertarianism to other LEOs and... Um, now that uh, you know I'm no longer in law enforcement, I I, I try very hard to uh, explain to people in the liberty movement why it is the police do certain things, and like you know, um, trying to I try to show people that look, if you're inside the police world, if you express any type of opinion that is contrary to the status quo, it is going to be very unpopular for you. And and anyone who listens to Free Talk Live regularly, I mean, you spoke a lot about what happened to me when I joined law enforcement against prohibition while still a cop. Um, so, I mean... The, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, it was the beginning of the end, <laughs> but maybe it's the beginning of the beginning, too. Indeed. I mean, so... Every uh, end is a new beginning. Yeah, uh, th- yes, indeed. So, I mean... All I'm advocating is communicating in a way that I think people will listen. And if um, if if I had been at one of these police funerals and I had seen people, you know, protesting the end of the drug war, I would have I would have thought like I, I I don't know what I would have thought. I would have been like these people are very disrespectful because you know one of my one of my brothers died. And now people are like trying to change this into a drug war issue, even though it is a drug war issue. Yeah. I understand that. You understand that. Probably all your listeners understand that, but to, to to people who are working in the system, they do as they're told, and you need to try to reach out to them in a way that, like, look, I understand you have to do these things, but and, and I'm sorry you lost your friend, but this is why you did, and this is why it will continue to happen. You know, people don't like having a bunch of armed people kick in their door late at night, and, and that's what the drug war is. It's a lot of violence. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I completely agree with you in that uh, communicating with these folks on a human level is important. That's something that uh, people need to, to focus on instead of focusing on anger. That I agree with completely. I don't know how I feel about the uh, the protest thing at the the funeral because it certainly it certainly rings of uh, the Fred Phelps crazy church because they they protest at funerals of like military people and, and things like that. Uh, but on the other hand, it certainly is a a way to send a strong message. Although hmm, I'm I'm a little I'm a little uncertain about that. One of the big reasons why I oppose the drug war is because of all the cops that get killed because of it. If anyone studies prohibition between 1919 and 1933, I believe it was, you you can see that the 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 death rate of law enforcement officers shot up through the roof because the police were out uh, going after criminal gangs that were organized and that were, that made a whole lot more money than than the budgets of their uh, respective enforcement right. agencies. Right, even today the uh, you know the drug guys uh, the, the the couriers and the the, the gangs behind drugs yeah. are way more profitable as far as money they they can pull in than the government guys are. You know, right. I'm glad you brought that up because it brought me back to a point I made a note on something you said early on in this conversation was that you couldn't come up with a reason why the cops wouldn't change their mind when presented with facts. Is that pretty much what you said? 
Um, I, I pretty much wrote it down word for word. You, you, you can't come up with a reason they wouldn't change their mind when presented with facts. But we've seen it happen again and again, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I did say that. Um, and the like, only reason I could think of is cognitive dissidence. That's got to be it, right? Yeah. Or they're actually corrupt criminal you know, crooks who are making money off the war on drugs. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. So we've seen plenty of times how these cops will come to uh, one of these hearings about just something as, as you know, plain and boring as medical marijuana, and they'll speak out vehemently against this as though it's the end of the war, uh, the end of the world for them. And uh, even though someone like you, Brad, would testify in favor of medical marijuana, or uh, somebody from law enforcement against prohibition would come in and relay fact after fact after incontrovertible fact. Just completely blowing all of their propaganda out of the water and all their nonsensical uh, talking points out of the water, they just completely disregard it. Yeah. And they keep coming back to testify against it and to keep sick people from getting medicine. And so what do you what do you think about a cop like that? Is it just cognitive dissonance or is it the cognitive dissonance is extra strong because he's making money off of this, whether it's the money coming from the feds or maybe he's making money under the table by confiscating drugs and selling them on the black market. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Lots of good people sell things on the black market, too. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you here tonight is Ian. And Bradley. You actually can, if you go to our website, control the content that you see there. The different items you see on the front page with the numbers next to them, those numbers are votes as voted by our listeners, voted by our website visitors. And you can add things to that list by submitting different show prep items to the website. They then appear in the upcoming stories queue where all the stuff that's brand new appears. And then people will vote as whether they like or dislike the suggestions there. And the most liked end up getting promoted to the front page and the top of the website. So head over there and get interactive at freetalklive.com. We've been focused on police-related matters tonight, but not in the usual uh, matter, not in the usual way that we approach things. Typically, we'll share some news about some sort of outrageous police abuse or corruption because there's certainly no shortage of that. But what we started with tonight was a discussion uh, between you, uh, Brad, as a former cop of over 10 years, uh, and uh, Adamo Freeman from coplock.org. Uh, the two of you kind of discussing tactics of 
criticizing and communicating with the police and helping to try to bring these guys on board with some more ideas of liberty rather than just being uh, you know automatons and enforcing really really bad and dangerous laws like the war on drugs which of course hurts our friends and our family and our brothers and sisters and, and all kinds of uh, people that we're close to when they haven't actually harmed anyone so trying to help the this message get out to the law enforcement community is is an important goal and so what what's the best way to go about doing that those are some things we have been discussing you can of course bring up anything that you want and still to come, if we get a chance, we'll tell you about the Hustler truck that has been uh, causing outrage ostensibly in San Francisco. We'll tell you what they're up to. But first, we go to you and your thoughts. Mandrick is on the amp lines calling from New Hampshire. Mandrick, you're on with Ian and Brad. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Well, great. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, hey Ian. I'm glad you brought up uh, empathizing with cops. Uh, I think that's really important. And I actually wanted to share a story. I've, I've recently moved here about uh, a little less than a year ago. And uh, I've had a lot of positive interactions. You know, since I moved up here and made some great friendships. But uh, this past fall, I actually I witnessed an interaction where about nine or ten activists were filming and questioning a cop who was just basically uh, he was just basically standing in a spot. And uh, I, I saw I saw some things that I, I felt uncomfortable when I saw like uh, the activists were approaching the police the police officer. They were very close to him, and um, you know somewhere. And I found myself empathizing with the cop because if, if I was in his position and. You know, I had my back to these bushes like this cop did, and these people were getting really close to me and filming me and asking me a bunch of questions. You know, I, I would feel really uncomfortable and maybe even a little scared. Um, you know, and I understand that the cops, you know, where the cops' paycheck comes from, and you know, and I'm not, of course, I'm against the initiation of force, but you know, that was definitely a situation. It was an eye-opening situation for me where I saw that, and you know, I really, I really just put myself in the cop's shoes, and you know, I felt for him there. Now you're saying so, the cop was doing nothing. He, he was just basically um, he was basically just standing in center square. Like there wasn't any arrests or anything. He was just standing there. So you think it was bad for people to ask him questions or like group around him or what specifically was objectionable to you? Well, what what I think is um, the root of this whole discussion is um, you know what's the best way to communicate with people? Um, you know, so I understand. Like I said, I understand. I don't. I don't. I don't have any objections to asking people questions or. You know, and I understand that you, know, you have the right to film in public, mm-hmm. but is, is that really the best way to get your message across is to, you know, just I, – I just saw people just continuously asking questions, and the police officer wasn't able to respond, uh, you know, and, he, and I could just tell you that he was clearly frustrated, you know, and and I just put myself in his shoes, and I'm just like, is this – how would I react to this? You know, if this was me and people were doing this, even if I was in a situation where I could be potentially hurting somebody – but, you know, maybe I had the, the state backing me saying it was okay or whatever. Like, is this is this how we – do we respond better to people who are yelling and, you know, or raising their voices and getting close? Or do we respond better with people who empathize with you and, you know, use more compassionate language? Yeah, um, I can see where you're coming from. I know that uh, in those situations, usually the cops are doing something when they're surrounded by people who are peppering them with questions. Usually they're arresting a peaceful person or, or aggressing in some in some way. You're saying – I'm guessing this was uh, like a nightcap where the cops uh, occasionally – for a little while, some of the activists here in town uh, were having nightcaps at the the local park, uh, which included uh, mm-hmm. some cannabis smoking and some uh, consumption of alcohol as well, openly in the park. And this was going on for quite a while, and the cops pretty much left it alone, even though we were there in the park and we'd wave at them when they would drive by and stuff like that. But then eventually they came in and uh, kind of placed an officer in the the Central Square Park just to kind of hang out 
and essentially ruin all the all the fun. <laughs> and so at that point, people, some people left, and other people decided, well, the cop's here. Let's go talk to him. And so they went over and, and talked to the cop. I imagine that's uh, that's the situation you're describing. Is that right? Yeah, that actually sounds like what the situation was. But even so, well, hold on. Let me go know. on here with uh, with my point. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. One of the problems that has been that has happened when it comes to a large group of people that wants to talk to a cop uh, is that uh, they're not all necessarily good at uh, at waiting their turn to talk, or you know they're interrupting one another, and it makes it a very cacophonous, uh, confusing situation, even for somebody that's just you know there as a participant trying to follow the way things are going. And the cop sometimes will say, "Well, look, I can't answer all your answer everybody at once." So hang on a second and tries to slow people down. And I think that part of that is people are are upset at the police on one hand. Part of it is that they maybe generally do want to ask the police these questions. And part of it may be that they just don't know tact. And uh, it just all combines together into this huge mess. And especially if you add in the anger factor, which in this case it wouldn't have been an anger factor. It would have just been people being loud and uh, – you know, trying to ask too many questions at once, but you add in an anger yeah. factor, and it becomes even even more out of control. So I think you're right. It's important for people to be aware of how they're communicating and how others are communicating next to them, and maybe pull someone aside when you see them doing something that you think is bad, and kind of talking to them if you have rapport with that person at least, and letting them know, hey, you know, this think about it from this perspective, or well, somehow communicate to them that they're making a mistake. Well, the way the way you build rapport with people is at least with the way I've had successful friendships is by being able to, you know, to, to listen to your friends and to, you know, to, to understand what they're saying and, and for, you know, to receive that reciprocity from them as well. Um, that's really, you know, that's really how you would start. Like if you wanted to change the hearts and minds of a police officer, that I can understand that's probably going to be very difficult. I, I get that, but it's going to start with, you know, with empathizing with them and with, I think just, you know, listening to what they have to say. And that's actually what I ended up doing was I ended up staying at the park until everybody left. And I just, you know, I just talked to him afterwards and I just listened to you know, him and he really, he's been in a lot of frustration. And I just, you know, I just really just felt for the guy in some ways, you know, I just, just kind of emphasize and, and he, uh, just imagine being him and just going home to your family and just, you know, it just kind of creates a separation because then he, he talks to other people about, you know, all these crazy activists, which obviously I don't believe that, but I'm just saying, like, just from his angle, he, maybe he's thinking that, and he and he expresses his viewpoints to other people who are going to believe him because they're friends with him, and then just creates this this separation. You know, it doesn't really come, doesn't really create a solution where you know everybody wins. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's it's tough. It's tough when you're dealing, especially with a larger group of people, because you don't necessarily know them all, and you don't may not even if you know them, you may not have the the right rapport with them to where you could somehow intervene. Maybe after the fact, you could have a conversation with somebody and say, "Hey, you know, maybe you didn't approach this the right way," or or I'm glad that you tried to to talk to that police officer, but did you think that maybe you weren't listening enough, or uh, you were t- speaking too much, etc.? Because there are certain techniques that are good uh, for you know that th- that help people feel listening. To, and one of them is actually listening uh, to what the person right. says, re- repeating back to them uh, what they said in your own words. So they can understand that you understood what they had said. But the average person doesn't know listening techniques. They, they're not learning these things anywhere. They're not taking a you know a, a crash course or reading a book about listening. They just are upset at what they see the police doing, and they want to they want to be heard. And you can't blame them for feeling that way, and you can't blame the average person for not being you know a good communicator, or even the average activist, because. Most people don't go through self-improvement seminars when it comes to these topics. Perhaps, uh, Mandrick, you could offer uh, such uh, such tips 
or again, just as a friend, pull somebody aside when you see them going off the deep end and giving them some suggestions. I think it's good ideas, and I thank you uh, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. But I can also empathize with somebody that's frustrated and angry at the police, and they want to—they feel like they want to be heard by them. They want to tell, give them to, you know, their two cents. I don't blame them for that either. I don't know if it's the most effective way. And I know that I've been guilty of being angry at the police in the past, but I'm in this for the long run, and I'm going to see these guys again, and I think I tend to have a fairly cordial relationship with most of them, despite as angry as I might have been in the past. If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Porcupine Realtor Do you want a home with 20 acres A lakeside cabin Any takers for renters Buyers and sellers too Mark Warden is the guy for you PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Maybe you want to chime into the conversation about the police and communicating with them in a most effective way to bring them, hopefully, to the ideas of liberty down the road somewhere, someday. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join in on the conversation or bring up whatever's on your mind. You can also uh, take control over on our website at freetalklive.com where you can help control the content of the site there, freetalklive.com. Some of the features you'll find include the bulletin board system, where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can also check out uh, some of our show notes there as well, stuff that we talk about on the air we list on the BBS later on in the evening, bbs.freetalklive.com. One of the other features on the website is the Bitcoin tip jar. It allows you to support Free Talk Live through an unusual method, or hopefully something that will become more usual over time. At this time, it is uh, still pretty unique, and that is the Bitcoin. It is a decentralized currency. What does that mean? Well, decentralized, meaning it's not issued by some government or corporation. It's something that is created by the marketplace, truly by the, the, free, the free market. I mean, the, one of the freest markets in the world is the Internet. It's one of the places with the least governmental interference, the least governmental uh, regulation or control. And Bitcoin has zero government regulation or control. The government, as much as it would like to, has no possibility of being able to take control of the Bitcoin because it's completely distributed. It's peer-to-peer. It is decentralized 100%. There's no central server to take down. There's no central office to raid. There's no central crew of people that they can figure out and, and take them out. It's just, I mean, it's it's untouchable. And they hate that. The government does they truly hate, hate that. And so would invite you to go to uh, weusecoins.org. That's where you can learn more about the Bitcoin. It's an amazing currency. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world without any middlemen, and you can do it in instance. And you can do it without fees. There's just so many good things about this. It can be anonymous. It's so useful. Uh, WeUseCoins.org, where you can go to learn more. Great video there you can watch to give you a rundown. And then thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. So buy your Bitcoins with cash at BitInstant.com. That's BitInstant.com. As we continue here, uh, we'll take your calls about what's on your mind. Let's go to Leland, listening in Huntsville, listening to WBHP on FM. Hey, Leland. Hey, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? Been for about a week, not too long. Welcome, sir. <laughs> but um, I got a question. I know it's off topic, but um, 
Uh, I've been listening to you guys, and I, you say you're libertarians. And um, I, I wouldn't I say that personally. About, I, I might have sorry. said that five years ago, but I don't like that term uh, these days. But go ahead. Um, I have a question about um, the drug uh, legalizing all drugs. Um, I consider myself pretty conservative, but I kind of have a libertarian streak in me. I think that we should legalize marijuana. I don't think that um, I don't think it's that dangerous, and I don't think that it qualifies, you know, as you know, being a, a level one controlled substance, you know, and being uh, prosecuted the way it does. But I do have um, a little concern about legalizing all drugs, and maybe you can answer my question um, <clears throat> with. With the way our government is run, I, I think that the government kind of looks for victims, well, a certain segment of the government. And what I'm afraid of happening is that um, if we were to legalize drugs, we would soon be um, paying for those drugs and then supporting their habit, and then they go on disability or something like that. And then um, I know I believe I believe like like you said the 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 rate of people using the drugs would probably drop, but I I'm a, I don't like the idea of you know the government you know supporting them, and I think that's kind of what would happen. Or do you uh, have an answer to that? Well, I'd like to. Uh, I mean, I've got some thoughts, but I'd like to allow uh, the former law enforcement officer sitting here in the studio, Brad, uh, to to to, fe- to field that one. Uh, well, sir. Um- First off, it sounds like um, you have an issue with the welfare state because that is what you were sort of uh, sort of getting to with uh, someone who develops a drug addiction and then comes to uh, comes to government services or community services that are funded by the government, and that would be an issue with um, with you know your tax dollars being forcibly taken from you to fund um, to, to fund the treatment of behavior you don't approve of. But what I would tell you. Um, Having been, a, I was a police officer for eleven years here in New Hampshire. I don't remember the last time that I investigated a burglary or a robbery that was not related to an opiate, uh, a person who was addicted to opiates who needed money for drugs. And you know, typically from from what I found was that people will get hurt somehow, and then they'll be prescribed opiates um, for their pain killing relief, and then and then they'll run out of their uh, their prescription. And a lot of people switch to heroin, and and this is a reality of life. Now I understand that a lot of people like a, a very safe way to to sort of come about changing your paradigm about drugs is to say, well, you know, marijuana is okay, but the rest of the drugs are bad. I mean, I think the more dangerous a drug, the more reason why it shouldn't be controlled by people of a criminal element. Because today, uh, drugs themselves, with the exception of tobacco and alcohol, uh, drugs are controlled by criminals. And when we're talking about drugs like heroin or amphetamines, I would say that those drugs are too dangerous to be controlled by criminals because uh, criminals typically uh, want to make more money selling dangerous things Whereas someone who is incentivized to keep your health better, you know, would want to make sure that you were buying something that was safe. Uh, also, a lot of the drugs that uh, a lot of the drugs that are abused today um, are a result of drug prohibition itself. I mean, uh, hard liquor was largely born out of alcohol prohibition. So when when people today, um, you know, object to legalizing hard drugs like crystal methamphetamine. Uh, they need to be reminded that these drugs are only in existence because of the drug war itself. Um, am I doing any good at trying to change your mind on this, or how do you feel? I kind of get it, but you do believe that 
if we legalized drugs, eventually there would because you're right. They in order to prevent people from stealing it and you know uh, harassing people at pharmacies and stuff like that, we would have the government would have to create a program where it gave it to them, right? Well, the no. the I, I disagree with that, and and uh, largely because the drugs that you know the large money that goes into drug uh, the drug trade, the reason why drugs are so expensive is because their price is inflated sometimes up to 14,000% because of their status of being illegal in the first instance. Um, I, you know, in, we, my, well, we don't need the government to hand out alcohol. No. Right. You, and that's no. an incredibly addictive drug. Right. It's a drug where there are people that have huge problems with it. Yeah. And not only that, it creates lots of violence and it's a really, it's a dangerous, hard, hard drug. So we don't have a government program that hands that out to people despite all the addictions that, uh, that are associated with it. And I must ask, I mean, if, uh, if alcohol is indeed a hard drug and it is, then well, if you think hard drugs should be illegal, would you advocate for the re-illegalization or the re-prohibition of alcohol? No, I see your point that the, a lot the of drug pe- war inflates the price. Yeah, oh, that's, the drug war definitely. That's a, that's a point I, th- I haven't thought of. Well, yeah. I'd, I'd like to focus a little more on costs here as well because sure. it's important. You know, as a conservative, you you, you do tend to like conservatives like to to say they're for smaller government, right. smaller fiscal, you know, more responsible fiscal uh, policies. So let's talk about costs. Can you stick with us for a moment, Leland? Yeah. All right. More with Leland here in a moment. The uh, somewhat open-minded uh, conservative on the uh, the war, the insane war on drugs, which is uh, a war against our family members and our friends. Eight five five four fifty free, and it's a really expensive war as well. So we can talk about that in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free, and that you know, just because we are for the war, ending the war on drugs, doesn't mean we're in favor of welfare. We want to get rid of the government welfare too. It's free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. The number is brought to you by SACL CAI, and here tonight it's Ian and Bradley. We invite you over to our website at freetalklive.com. Head over there, get interactive, lots of different ways to interact. One of them is the uh, the chat room built into the same page as the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. And you can also get news updates from Free Talk Live about stuff happening with the show, stuff you need to know if you want to be the first to know those sorts of things. News.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get signed up. Follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for uh, an alternative currency that is something you can keep somewhere physical, we talked about the Bitcoin previously. Bitcoin's not physical. They're a digital currency. But gold and silver, definitely physical. In fact, if you're going to get gold and silver, you want to get the stuff that you can keep somewhere, like whether it's an underground safe or wherever it is you're going to keep it, you can store that somewhere in case you need to go to, to use it. Maybe the currency collapses or maybe you just want to use it as an alternative currency with uh, with friends or family. 
gold and silver is really useful, and it's been useful to mankind for a long, long time, so it's going to probably stay uh, useful. You can call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com where you can get a variety of different uh, very special uh, pieces that uh, that we've helped select uh, to offer to you there from Midas Resources, which is the company that's behind our syndicate, the Genesis Communications Network. They are essentially a gold and silver dealer, and they do a great job of it. I've ordered quite a bit of silver from these folks. I'm more of a silver guy than I am a gold guy because gold's really too expensive for my blood. Uh, But you can go to silver.freetalklive.com and order as much as you would like. They even have uh, junk silver, what they call junk silver, the 90% stuff. So you can get the, the, the .999 fine silver, or you can get the junk silver, or both. 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. Leland is back with us here, listening in Huntsville to uh, to WBHP on the FM band. And Leland, you're back on, and I'm glad that you stuck with us here, because I think this is such an important conversation. The war on drugs is such a mis. Uh, misunderstood issue and you came to the table with already having understood a good portion of it and that is that you think that marijuana should be decriminalized uh, and that's a huge step in the right direction because if you look at the numbers you look at the statistics uh, it's about 1.5 million americans that are arrested every year mostly for drug possession and the majority of those arrests i think over 800,000 last time i looked were arrested for just for marijuana so it is over half of the war on drugs. Huge amounts of resources are being put into putting you know, peaceful people in cages and ruining the lives of people who've never harmed another person and would never consider doing so. I mean, look at Brad, you'll, you'll be the first to say when you were a cop, uh, the fights you were breaking up were more likely to be drunk people than people who just smoked a, a blunt. Oh, right? al- alcohol is a terribly, <laughs> terribly dangerous drug. Unfortunately, he just dropped off the line, uh, so I guess we won't continue with Leland, but maybe he got in a bad cell. If there was a technical difficulty, you are welcome to, to, uh, to call back. Leland would love to continue. But I want to, before we go on with the rest of the calls, I still want to address what I wanted to, to tell Leland, and that is about costs. Because a lot of conservatives look at the, mo- the money thing. Like, if you talk to a conservative and say, hey, it's your body, you should be able to do what you want, that's not as persuasive to kind of a traditional conservative as, say, pointing out, hmm, well, let's see. There's billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars spent on this, and not only that, it doesn't do anything. So you're spending all this money year after year after year. Last time I heard, and it was several years ago, the budget was $17 billion just for the war on – just for like the war on drugs at the federal level. It's probably more than that now. This was several years ago that I heard that statistic. That doesn't include all the state government budgets for for their – you know, little state wars on drugs. So we're talking about a huge chunk of change. And this is money that is just being flushed down the toilet because you can take a drug dealer off the streets. You can even kill a drug dealer and it won't do anything at all. Maybe for a temporary amount of time, maybe like, for instance, these cops that uh, got shot the other day in Greenland, New Hampshire, while trying to enforce a, a drug raid, they were trying to raid somebody's house. Maybe those cops that got shot, uh, you know, okay, yeah. So that guy died. The guy that was in the house. He's he's dead now. All right. So you could tell yourself, well, that's that stopped the uh, heroin, or it stopped the drug of choice that he was selling from getting into their customers' hands. That's true for like a week, and then those people are going to hook up with somebody else, or they're going to the next day call their competitor because plenty of people that buy drugs have two or three different dealers they can go to. So, you know, you call up the competition and you've got the drugs you're looking for. And so no amount of enforcement is going to stop this. In fact, if it were true that enforcement could could end drug use, then we would see drug-free prisons. And fact is, that just doesn't happen. So 
the idea that you're going to be able to somehow stop drugs from getting into the United States or drugs that are being manufactured in the United States, stop them from being distributed here is absolute insanity. And I say that because, well, you keep trying the same things over and over again. They don't work. You try to incarcerate people. That doesn't work. Some countries have tried to kill people. That doesn't work. You can try to increase the penalties. You can try to increase treatment. You can try to increase whatever. Whatever you're trying to force down people's throats, it just doesn't work. What does work is persuasion. And when you have a a legal or decriminalized situation where people aren't frightened to get help, then they can be better persuaded to go and get it. It's like somebody that has a problem. A lot of them know they have a problem. Many of them maybe wish they could quit. But some of them are scared to death to go into that hospital and check in and say, I'm so-and-so and and I've got a problem with with heroin and I need help. Because they're afraid that doctor is going to, oh, you've got a problem with heroin, do you? Call 911, bring the cops out, fill out a report, arrest that person. I mean, how realistic that is, I don't know. How many doctors would actually do that, I don't know. How many places they have laws where they're forced to do that, I don't know. And of course, the average heroin addict probably doesn't know either, and they're scared to death, and they're paranoid, and they don't want to get help. So that's why when you look at Portugal, which has had decriminalization on all drugs for the last decade, look at Portugal, the numbers of addicts have halved. The numbers of ad- people addicted to drugs have dropped by 50%. That's not a statistically insignificant figure. That's huge. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of lives being improved by the fact that that uh, there is no more true war on uh, the drug user. There's still, I guess, a technically a war on the drug distributors in Portugal, but uh, at least the drug users end of it has been uh, decriminalized. And that has, re- that has resulted in lower costs because if you're not spending... What's the average uh, prison stay cost, Brad? Do you have any idea? I think in New Hampshire, in the county jail, the last time I read st- the information about this, it was about $85 a day in the county in a county jail and around 100 in the state prison. So that breaks down to, what, 30000 uh, per year? Easy. Some places it's more than that. I think yeah. I've heard in California it's like 60 or 80 or something insane. Wouldn't surprise me. So you start putting these people behind bars, and yeah, well, guess what? You're paying for them. So beforehand, and again, I don't support welfare, but before these, you know, these, uh, these arrests, these people, most of them are supporting themselves. The average heroin user, crack user, these people, even alcoholics, many of them are functional alcoholics. They're going yep. to work every single day so they can go home at night and shoot up or drink or whatever it is that they want to do to have their little fun. They're at least supporting themselves and paying their bills. You arrest that person. Now you get to support them. You arrest them and you label them a felon. You make it so they can't vote. You make them feel like they're a second-class citizen because, well, they are. And, you know, you make someone, you you ruin someone's life and then people typically don't have very many options to support themselves. Right, yeah. How do you start up again from, you know, negative below zero after you get arrested? Your life was crap before when you were a drug addict. Now it's worse because you've had everything taken away from you. You no longer have a house to rent. You're not going to live under the bridge or go to some trailer park with a bunch of other uh, addicts. And, you know, it's just a really a terrible situation. Leland is back here. We're going to bring him back on here. Hopefully you heard some of those comments, Leland. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, actually, I was going to. You, you mentioned uh, going uh, somebody going to the hospital. Uh, maybe um, see, like I said, I'm just I'm just a little bit worried about you know the balance between ending the drug war and then creating you know people who are dependent on the drugs and us paying for them. Well, so you already you already have people who are dependent on the drugs. 
So you already you already have huge amounts of people that are dependent. Fact is, most people are not going to start up doing heroin simply because it's made illegal. And no one is proposing, uh, you know, in any of the drug legalization schemes or, or decriminalization schemes I've seen, have any proposals for increasing welfare. Certainly, we're not proposing that on this show. I think that welfare needs to go. Uh, government and, and by the way, there's welfare, corporate welfare. The prison system is huge corporate welfare. More coming up here. Leland, thanks for the call. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, though lots of people want to get on, so I doubt if you call now you'll be able to jump in. If you're already on hold, we'll do our best to uh, get you on the air here tonight. But if you don't make it on tonight, no big deal. We do this thing seven nights a week, so you can always join us tomorrow from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can join us, of course, on your local radio station if they carry us. If they don't, give them a call and, uh, you know, again, as we were talking about before, before you provide the critique... Uh, tell them something that you like. So tell them something you like about the radio station and then suggest to them that, uh, you know, their station would be even better if they would just add some free talk live. And, of course, they can take us whenever they want, seven up to seven nights a week live. And uh, so you can join us here and over at freetalklive.com as well where we'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Philip listening in Mississippi. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Brad. Hey, guys. Hey, Philip. Um, glad to be on. Um it's interesting, and I know that it was just brought up in passing, but the idea of protesting or something would be uh, so uh, almost basically morally reprehensible. Um, it would almost be, um, you know, in, in the state that I live in, which is Mississippi, uh, you can actually, it's considered assault to yell at someone in certain situations. Um, You're saying so, it'd be reprehensible to protest at, uh, to, to protest to end the war on drugs at a policeman's funeral? Uh, yes, pretty much. Um, just and it's not reprehensible a week later, two weeks later, maybe. But um, it just it's whether you come at it from a purely spiritual standpoint or from a completely reason standpoint, uh, the people within uh, that gentleman's circle of friends. Uh, and family and such, um, that's a time for mourning. That is a time for, uh, for, for loss and for recognition of that and for healing. It's not a time to deal with political issues. Or it's, you know, and I, I would hope that most people would have enough respect to, uh, to do that. Um, I, think, I think you make a good point there, Philip. Uh, what's that? I said I think you make a good point there. Yeah, well, I'm a uh, I'm actually a minister um, by trade, uh, so uh, you know it, it's just and and we see it. You look at uh, an organization like MAD, um, or you, you when you deal with a, a parent who's lost a child uh, to a drunk driver or something. You know, MAD has gone far beyond what it was originally intended to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that the founder has spoken out against it and such. Wow. Um, there's just you. You cannot speak reason into somebody who is in that depth of grief, and uh, and considering that uh, that gentleman's children, wife, people uh, who have nothing to do with the war on drugs will, would be there. It would just be entirely inappropriate. 
Philip, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Lee listening in Huntsville. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lee. Hello there. Yes, I, I do something that uh, perhaps a lot of people maybe don't do. I'm very passive and quiet. This is my way about the drugs being police. I simply, whenever I see police, I just simply start taking mental pictures. You might even say kind of like mental video. And I watch every move, the body language, everything. So no matter what they dress, dress up in, if they were in church in a suit, I'd still know them. And by using this technique right here from my teenage years to now, I've lived in California, I've been in Florida, and in between places right now like that, I have personally saved close to 300 people from going to jail and prison, having their lives ruined like that. And, but say I do it my way. You've saved 300 hurt. people. Nobody How killed, exactly? Man, you know? Huh? How have you saved 300 people? I'm, I'm confused. Oh, well, the way I've been able to do that is being in there, and before uh, the police would get in positions at times uh, to make a bust, I've already blown their cover. I see what and you're saying. Stuff, you, you've trained yourself at identifying telltale signs of an undercover officer? Yes, and, and, and also police that sometimes uh, that in uniform and all like that, too, when they sometimes try to try to dress out of uniform come in there like that, too. So I blow their covers, and then before the cops have a chance to really do anything, get set up right, then when they do come in, everything's gone, and, and uh, you know, nobody gets any trouble. Like I say, nobody gets hurt, nobody gets killed, nobody gets a bad record, gets a life ruined. Everybody's happy, man. Well, so so you've just kind of tr- you've kind of learned over the years what uh, what some of these uh, signs. I mean, sometimes you can't really tell an undercover cop. I mean, some of them are pretty oh, darn I good at can. it. I never miss. Well, that's good. Uh, thank you, Lee or Shadow or whatever your name is. Appreciate it. Eight five five four fifty free guy calls under different fo- different names every time. Eight five five. You got to be careful, man. Four fifty free. Sakel CAI toll free line. Frank is on the line in New York. By the way, congrats to him if he's really saved three hundred people. I've only saved probably one person. It was the time when we saw an undercover cop uh, doing a drug deal in a parking lot at a, at a restaurant. We recognized the undercover cop because he had been on the stand testifying against Weta Claus. Uh, they because. Weedaclaws took it to trial. He didn't take a plea bargain like everybody else who gets busted for drugs. So when you take it to trial, they've got to put those undercover agents on the stand to convict you. Sometimes they'll put they'll put like a balaclava on them or something to cover their face. They didn't let him get away with that at this particular trial. Oh, really? Though. The judge made him testify out in the open. Wow. Now they were covering themselves when they left the courtroom and when they were coming to the courtroom, but once inside on the witness stand, they did have to show who they were. And so that's when we recognized who this – that's how we knew who he was. And uh, his name's Charles Newton. If you look uh, look for Charles Newton on Free Keen, you'll be able to find the video of us coming across this drug deal. And he had just gotten $20 from the kid in the car – excuse me. He had given $20 to the kid in the car, was intending to buy some sort of a, uh, a, a opiate-based uh, prescription pill from him. And we literally intervened before the young man handed over the prescription pill. So we really did save that guy from, a, you know, a, a felony. There's a great video, great video of it too. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. So we, I mean, I know, wouldn't necessarily have known he was an undercover cop necessarily. I would have just thought it was yet another drug deal. Uh, but because we recognized the guy, we actually were able to save that kid. Uh, so, or the young man. We go to Frank listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Frank. Hi, guys. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I've always believed that the drug should be legalized and decriminalized, kind of like in Europe for the most part, uh, especially Switzerland, you know, where there's virtually no drug 
crime. And if people want to, you know, die, take heroin until they die, they can go to a certain park in the city, and the city police will come around and give them clean needles and syringes. And, you know, it's kind of like that. It's a very rational kind of way of dealing with uh, drugs. And again, it doesn't create the economic problems that the uh, by by criminalizing drugs does in this country. And just think back, you know, 40 years to New York, the movies The French Connection and the different uh, Serpico, and you'll notice that, you know, the police departments in many cities were one of the biggest distributors of drugs illegally. Sure, and that's no mythology, that's a fact. And uh, I think we have to realize that if we legalized marijuana throughout the United States, people would start partaking of it, they'd start thinking about themselves, they'd probably question notions of authority, and I don't think the corporate uh, government elite would like that to happen, because then people would really start to take their action, and, uh, you know, even George Washington smoked marijuana, and Thomas Jefferson, and... uh, you know, many of the founding fathers, and even Queen Victoria smoked it for her menstrual cramps. And, you know, <laughs> this is no joke. This Frank. is documented history. Well, no so doubt. I think we should reclaim that freedom, and yes, especially sir. as the economy is collapsing. And when people lose their jobs and they're losing their homes and things, maybe they need to take something to relax. It's, it's the, the right thing to do from a moral perspective and from an economic perspective and a, and a practical perspective. perspective. And, and yeah, health, health perspective, as well. too. Thanks a lot. I think Brad had a question for you, Frank. Go ahead. Well, well, Frank, I was going to say to you that um, if someone looks into the history of these drug laws, uh, specifically marijuana, they'll find that, you know, it was argued that marijuana um, caused white women to be sexually interested in black men. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of shame in the reasons why marijuana was made illegal. But, of course, there's more shame in how that illegality is enforced but i think Correct. i think one of the um one of the biggest reasons that that the government um is incentivized to keep marijuana illegal is something that you just brought up and i, I don't hear it too often but marijuana is is proven to um to sort of encourage critical thought or to connect right. ideas and Correct. when when you know when you take someone who isn't predisposed to um to being very um understanding or able to see things you know if someone's if someone you know if many people were using marijuana it could very well uh it could very well make a lot of the things the government does come to light correct and it could also cause the people to resist many things and i think that's what the pow- the people in power fear at the moment frank check but- your phone man you got a kind of a staticky line there appreciate hearing from you tonight yeah, thanks yep all right, so that is about it for this evening. You know, we didn't even get a chance to talk about your big victory today, Brad. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, you won in court today as uh, you were representing uh, Jason Talley. You're not a lawyer, but uh, up here in New Hampshire, average folk are able to represent other people in court a couple times a year. This was your second time uh, thus far this year, and uh, the case was dismissed. People can go to freekeen.com to learn more about this, and maybe we can talk further next time you're on. Cool, thank uh, you. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I call it democracy. I had enough of reading lies from 
songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.